0: Welcome to Solo Travel with Darren. This is episode number 53. And today I'm going to be talking about Western Europe. And I'm going to be talking about uh, Switzerland, France, and the UK. And I'll finish up my four-part series on Western Europe that I started a couple weeks ago. And I want to say also, to begin with, that I forgot to mark my one-year anniversary for this podcast um, I started it back in February of 2020. Um, I started it with I think I recorded the first three or four episodes that I released all at the same time, which is a tip actually if you want to start your own podcast, um, start with a kind of like a batch and then release them all at the same time, like the first three or four. But anyway, that's a Quick tip on podcasting, but anyways, um, yeah, I didn't know back then that we'd have a worldwide pandemic and everything was shut down and everybody would stop traveling. But I'm still glad that I started this podcast and it gave me an opportunity to kind of just lay out everything that I've learned from traveling the world for 20 years. Um, I just wanted to take all that information that's balled up in my head, or all my friends had to hear at lunch all these all, for all these years, and just kind of give that out um, to the public. And then, um, and then again, when we start traveling for real, whenever that is, um, this will all, all be there for, for, as a resource. Um, as, it's, it's, as a matter of fact, um, I will say that I was looking the other day at what countries are open and what borders are open as of uh, February, 2021. And ironically, not a lot is open, Um, I know that the COVID, I know that there's a vaccine for COVID and people are taking it and getting it and all that. But at the, the, ironically, it seems like the world is getting more locked down and there's places more that you can't go. And, um, so I was looking online to see kind of what's open and what's not. And a lot of places have, you know, you have to go and quarantine for 14 days a lot of people want um, tests before you leave, or when you land, or within 72 hours, within 48 hours. Um, it's just really restrictive to travel. And then when you get there, most of the museums and everything else are closed anyway, so it kind of doesn't make sense. But again, that's as of 20 or February 2021. Um, but if as things open up and as things change, I will definitely let you know on this travel podcast. Um, if you're interested, um, I get all my information from thepointsguide.com, and also I go to the YouTube channel, uh, waltersworld.com, or waltersworld on uh, YouTube, and that's kind of where I get the information, kind of how the world is dealing with um, COVID when when it comes to travel. So anyway, so that's that. So with all, with all that out the way, um, let's start where we left off, and I left off last week talking about Italy. And that was the start of my Western Europe trip. And after Italy, my group took a bus to Lucerne, Switzerland. And I don't know what Lucerne is known for, but I do know the bus ride to Lucerne was probably the coolest looking backdrop ever, um, driving over the Swiss Alps. Um, everything is so green. You're so high up in the air. I think you're ten thousand feet. I can't remember what the elevation was, but all you see is like the big Swiss Alps. And I think there's some snow on some parts of it, um, but just a super cool view. I have a, uh, I think a couple pictures, and I'll post a couple pictures up uh, of that I took of there. But not a better ride through like the countryside than from Italy to Switzerland, and when we got to well just google um lucerne l-u-c-e-r-n-e switzerland and you will see kind of what what this place looked like it was just almost like a postcard it was so nice Um, and it's your your typical what you would think of when you think of like a little swiss or i guess a regular sized swiss city or city in switzerland it's kind of what you would think of. Um, just Google, it, you'll see what, what it looks like. It's incredible. Um, one funny story about when we were there um, is I remember I was walking and I, I saw a Swiss bank account, a Swiss bank uh, Swiss bank on the corner. And I just remember thinking, and again, this is 2006, so I'd just been out of law school a couple of years. And I just remember thinking about how um, in law school, we talked about the the white collar criminals who would hide their money in Swiss bank accounts and I guess you probably hear it on the movies too about criminals um, hiding money in Swiss bank accounts and I remember just thinking well, this is what they were talking about these are are all these bank accounts in Switzerland and that was kind of funny but um, I guess they're there and you can open a bank account I don't know what the requirements are for Americans but I guess if you want to you can do it Um, there's probably easier ways but that's neither here nor there, um, and, and then also again, and I, I know we went out. We, uh, the, I mean, I know that the tour, the tour guy picked us up at eight o'clock or nine o'clock in the morning. I think the next morning, it took us around Lucerne, but I honestly don't remember what there was to look at. I apologize to anybody who is listening who's from Lucerne or from Switzerland. But I don't remember what what we saw. I remember there was like a statue of a lion carved into the side of the mountain or something like that. But I, I'm not. Sure. I don't remember what it was signifying or what it was. Um, I do remember also they let us go do some shopping as part of the tour group, and um, everything was super expensive. I mean, it, it, Switzerland is known as an expensive city, and it lives up to that reputation. Um. And so that's what I remember from our, our tour. And then at night, our tour was over. I mean, the tour, the actual tour part of it was over after we had dinner. And at night, we were kind of on our own. So I remember I walked out with one of the other guys in the group, and we went to this bar in like right, right there in Lucerne. And we walked in, and there was a lot of really good-looking girls. Um, at the time, I didn't know that what a Swiss German girl was and i didn't know if that, those were swiss girls who spoke german or if they were german girls who were living in switzerland uh, i didn't know but it was the first time i met girls who said that they were like swiss german and they were speaking english though so but it was kind of it was kind of cool and again definitely eye opening again for my first time overseas i'd been in america the whole time uh, i had no idea how you could have swiss and german and all that so Um, you know, obviously that's what travel does. It gets you smarter, I guess, when it comes to, you know, that type of stuff. But, um, at that time, I promise you, I wasn't thinking about the, how smart I was, that's for sure. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so I met the Swiss German girls. I think I have a picture of them too. Um, I'll post, but, uh, so then we left and that, and that was it. The next morning we got back on the bus and we were going to France and again, I can't remember if we went over the Swiss-French Alps down on the other side, um, but somehow, well, we we got over the Alps and then got into France, and we were driving north towards Paris, and we were in the French countryside, and I just remember recognizing like what it looked like because for the last thirty or years, I'd been watching the. Tour de France in France back probably since 88 89 and I remember seeing all these roads of France on TV watching watching the tour and it was just so cool to be there it was kind of like surreal looking out the bus window seeing like all these places you know whiz by um, and recognizing like the signs and or the recognize how the signs are I don't know if we went to the places that I saw on TV but um, but anyway so we got to Paris in I've mentioned this many times. I probably mentioned this on my social media, but I definitely mentioned this to all my friends who've listened to me talk about Paris. And Paris is the most romantic city I've ever been in but then, back then and now. Um, Paris is the only place I've ever wanted to be married or to be there with a girlfriend or anything like that. Um, Paris is just a super, super cool uh, romantic city. Um, it's not a party city from what I could tell. And it's not, um, like a it, it, it what it, again, what it's known, what it, sh- it shines in my mind, it may not even be, it may not even be for like couples and stuff. But to me, it just seemed like it was for couples. Um, and then that was that, uh, as far as like what you can see in Paris, I know we went to the, uh, Eiffel Tower we went to the Arc de Triomphe uh, we went to uh, I don't know if we went to the Palace of Versailles because the Palace of Versailles I think is kind of off the way from you know downtown proper Paris I think my friend Sergio was telling me about uh, going out to the Palace of Versailles and I think he said he got an Uber and it was kind of a ways out there but I didn't go we didn't go Um and, and I'll t- tell you about something else that I didn't go to in a second but we didn't we didn't go to the Palace Riverside but I know that's something to see out there And then also if you're a guy and uh, you're there and you're single um, check out the Moulin Rouge district which is the red light district in Paris and back in 2006 it was it was it was fun so check that out I won't say anything more about that um, And then also our tour guide took us around one night. And I remember we were sitting there I think it was the first night we were there actually and my tour our tour guy asked us if we want just to go for like a, a drive and it was kind of like an informal drive and so I wasn't I didn't take my camera and I'll talk about why that's important in a second. But our tour guy took us around right and it was at night and he took us to the underpass where princess diana was killed back in i think that was like 99 maybe maybe 97 in the late 90s for sure um we saw like the underpass and the column that she hit and it just kind of weird i mean just kind of morbid i guess um uh, going through that that uh underground tunnel in in paris but our tour guide took us there um and then he took us to this place that we went through like some like back alley and through some back neighborhood. And also I remember is we came out to like this landing and we had just the most incredible view of the Eiffel tower. It was just, I mean to this day I still have a picture of it in my mind of uh, what that view of the Eiffel tower looked like. And I, I've seen the, I've seen the same view on the uh, on Google and you know, images and stuff like that. And I'm sure there's different places where you can see the same view of the Eiffel Tower. But I just remember being there that night. And I was just thinking, I'm such a dumbass for leaving my camera back at the hotel. And I did it on purpose, because I wanted to like soak in the experience of being in Paris. And I didn't want to like mess it up by, you know, taking pictures. I don't know what I was thinking. But and and it was also like it says an informal Part where the guy just came around to our hotel or to our, yeah, our hotel room and said we're gonna go out for a couple of minutes or whatever It wasn't part of like the real tour And so maybe that's what I was thinking when I left the phone at home uh, Back in the I mean I left the camera back in the uh, hotel room Which by the way those cameras back then were like the little quick shot Um I forgot what they were like maybe six seven times focus or something like that I mean uh, the, the memories Um, But anyway, so, yeah, so it was like that little phone. I mean, that little camera was back at the hotel room. So, I mean, again, I had the memory of looking at it, but I don't have the photo to reinforce reinforce it. But uh, let that be a lesson to you, though. Um, Always take a camera. I mean, you can always put the camera down and, you know, soak in the experience, whatever it is. Just just don't don't act like it's going to mess up anything. Um, Take your camera and everything else. Um, Another thing that's good about France is the breakfast. Breakfast is, like I said, with Italy. Italy had like the five, the best dinners in the world, the five-course dinners. Well, on the other end, Paris, France had the best breakfast um, out of everywhere I've ever been. I mean, from crepes to croissants to everything. um, Just it's the, the buffet was incredible um, at our hotel. And then we were like kind of walking around to little coffee shops and all that stuff. Everything was just very, very good. So if you go to P- uh, Paris, um, you will definitely enjoy breakfast. If you like breakfast, go to Paris, but that way. Um, then, so after that we were, the, we were in Paris, I think three days. And I think I mentioned in the first episode about the, about going with a tour, uh, Paris was the best example of the benefit of going with a tour because the hotels that we st- stayed at in Paris probably cost a thousand dollars a night, but it was part of our tour package. That was about $2,000 total. So you can see how you save a ton of money, um, going there, at least in Paris. Now, everywhere else, it, might, it may not have been like that, that beneficial, but I just meant we were staying at some really nice hotels in Paris. Um, and, uh, I, I think I took a picture too. I think I have a picture of my hotel, a hotel room somewhere. I don't think it's posted anywhere, but, and I remember we were talking about, we came down like the next morning and we were talking about our hotel room and how nice it was. And like, we were joking around and like, someone was like, you know, I took a picture of it and like and another person said, hey, I took a picture of it too. And like the whole tour group took pictures of our hotel rooms cause they were so nice. Um, anyways, that's what I remember. So anyways, we got on the bus and we went to the train station in Paris. And this was super cool. Um, We took the underground train from Paris to London. I think it's called the Eurostar. I looked it up before I started recording tonight. Um, It's the Eurostar train. It takes about two hours to get from Paris to London. I'm not sure how much it costs because, again, it was part of our package in the tour, um, but it's super, super convenient. I mean, I guess if you want to get from the island of, you know, England um, and you want to get down into Europe, then that's, I mean, I can't imagine how convenient that is for people to just get on the train. You go And you go, I guess, under the water, um, and it takes you about two hours. And I forgot how fast it goes, but it goes pretty fast too. Uh, but anyway, so we took that to London and we got out in London and I'll tell you about London. And, and again, I'm going to preface this with everything, um, with, with the backdrop that this was the last place I went to. This was my last city after being away for three weeks, three and a half weeks. Um, well, let me go back though. Cause there's one thing I forgot to tell you about France, um, when we were on the last day, not the last day, but the second and last day, we were going to see the Louvre, to see the, I think the Mona Lisa's at the Louvre. Uh, we were going to the museum to Louvre, and that was like the number one destination for the day. And I remember I went down in the morning to our tour guide and asked him if he would drop me off on the Champs-Élysées, so that I could wait there and watch the last day of the Tour de France, and he said yes. And so we uh, we got on the the, the bus, and after I don't know, a couple of miles, um, the bus stopped and let me out. And I went to where the champs is, like the last stage of the Tour de France goes up and down um, the main street in in Paris. And so I got there, like say noon, maybe one o'clock, and the race wasn't going to get there until about three or four. And so you sit there up against the barriers and you're just like kind of waiting and waiting and waiting for the tour to come by. And it's a long day, but you meet a bunch of people, um, cycling enthusiasts or whoever. Um, I remember I met this these people from, I, I can't remember where they're from, but I talked to them for a couple hours and finally the tour came by. And I, rem- I can't remember how I got back to the hotel room. Um, I think I took a taxi or something, but... Um, that's what, that's what I did one day by myself in, in, in France. Um, so, okay. So anyways, going back to, uh, England. So we got to England after going through the, the, the tunnel, the train under the, under the water. Um, and when we got to England again, I was tired. This had been three and a half weeks of traveling in Europe. Um, and so, I mean, I knew, I was not super impressed with London, um, but again, with that caveat that this is like the last, last place, I mean, if it would have been the first place, like Madrid was, then maybe I would have a bit different opinion of it, but I just wasn't really that impressed with London. Um, and we went to the usual tourist attractions. We went to big Ben to Buckingham palace. Um, we saw the changing of the guard. I think it is. Um, we went to the tower bridge. Uh, we did all the tourist things in London. Um, that was cool to see. Um I do have a couple pictures of that but again it wasn't that impressive I and mean, I remember it was cold too it was cold and windy and this was like in July I think I mean it wasn't you know it was dead of summer Um I remember that not one of the nights I went out to to the bars um I went to a bar in Piccadilly uh Piccadilly Circus I think it's called it's kind of like the Times Square of London uh London, it's where the the, you have the fountain and the three horses and all that, but it's like kind of like Times Square. That's how busy it is. And we went to a bar there, had fish and chips because I thought you're supposed to have fish and chips when you're in London, and they weren't very good. But then I went to a bar in Notting Hill, I think, and that was um, that was okay. I mean, it wasn't anything to jump up and down about. Um, I will say this, though. I will say that the best-looking black girls I've ever seen when traveling were in this bar in Notting Hill in London. Um, I, for whatever reason, they were all there that night, and I loved the accent, and um, I had a good time in that, in that bar. Um, and then and that was it. I mean, that's really pretty much all I can remember. Um, I think Chelsea is a part of London that had good bars. Um, I remember talking to some girls, and they said that I should go out down there, but I I never did, and I've never been there, so I don't know what it's like, but check it out if you're a guy and you want to go, you know, have fun. Um, But other than that, I don't know where else to go out in London. As I mean, London's a huge, huge, huge city, so I'm sure there's places that I didn't see. Um, But anyway, so that was that, And, and again, I think it was interesting how you get to London, and everybody drives on the right side of the road or left side of the road, I guess. It's on the opposite. And then their steering wheels are on the right side of the car. And that's kind of weird. I mean, obviously you see it on TV and you know about it, but when you're there, it's kind of weird. And they tell you on the, when you're waiting on the corner, on the street corner, if you look down, there'll be an arrow telling you to look right instead of left. And it'll be painted there saying, look right. And it's to remind, you know, most people that the the traffic is coming from a different direction. Um, And then, like I said, you get in, you're getting into the taxi on the wrong side because you're used to it being the steering wheel being on the left, but it's on the right. And so I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, again, it's my first time overseas. So all this stuff was like amazing, I guess. Um, And that's why I have like goofy pictures of the street saying, look to the right. Uh, but anyway, so so that wraps it up. I mean, that wraps up my first trip overseas to Western Europe. Um, like I said, when I first started this, the trip to Europe back then was kind of like a bucket list type deal. I thought that all Americans should travel or at least should travel once to see, you know, how things are different outside the U.S. I just thought that was just part of being a good global citizen, I guess. I don't know. Um, as opposed to like now, as opposed to now, the last five years, when I travel, I, I travel almost cause I'm bored, you know, it's kind of like going out. I mean, that's just, you know, you, instead of going out to Vegas, you go to whatever Poland. Um, so it's a little different between now and then, but everybody should travel once. I really think. And if you do, I I think you, you can't go wrong by going to, um, Spain, Italy, France, and the UK. Um, it was. I, I don't regret anything about that trip back in 2006. I'm so glad I went. And, uh, and you should too. I mean, if you get a chance, go. Um, and then if you want to take a tour group, um, that globus.com, G-L-O-B-U-S.com, which I took back back then, it's still around. Um, check them out if you want to do what I did. Obviously, contact me if you want any um, advice on the trip plans or the travel plans, all that. I um, mean, I can't, obviously, it was 14, 15 years ago, um, so I don't know exactly what's the same, if they still have the same packages and all that, but you can still find everything and the choices. It's essentially what I did back then, Um And so, you know, check that out if you can't, if you get a chance to. And so that wraps up everything that I wanted to say about Western Europe. I will say this, though. I was just thinking about it a second ago. Um, The only other city that I think that you should go to for that kind of like bucket listing, if you can only go to Europe once and you want to tick them all off, um, I would say go to Prague. I think I just went to Prague maybe four years ago. And... That's the only other city that I think needs to be on that kind of bucket list type map. Um, If you go to Europe and then you can come back and kind of say, well, at least I've seen kind of the world. Um, Prague is a cool Prague Czech Republic. Um, Go check it out if you're in the area. And so finally, that ends this uh, podcast number 53. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for listening to the four part series. It, It was fun. Um going back through the old information back of my first trip overseas and it was kind of funny looking about how naive I was and all the, and you know everything that I saw, but it was it was fun. So if you have any questions, shoot me an email at Darren at SolomailTravel dot com. Um you can check out my website which is Darrenstravels.com and my YouTube is Darren's Travel Tips. Um, For some reason, my YouTube has been getting bigger. There's been more subscribers, more in the last two months than probably the last 30 years for some reason. I don't know. Um, Maybe people are starting to travel again, so they're looking for travel information. I I don't know. Um, And then finally, if you would, please leave me a rating and review and subscribe to this podcast. Um, I would appreciate it. So anyways, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If you've listened for the whole year. Um, it's been fun and I'll keep doing this for as long as I can. All right. Thanks. See you next Thursday.